Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The Lord really spoke to me about this year at the Resting Place is going to be a year of salvation, massive salvation. Our history over the last uh, few years, South Tampa has been here for two years, but over the last four and a half years as a church, as a whole organization, we've had a lot of found people who are burnt out or really hurting coming into the resting place and realizing, oh, you know, it's not about my works, it's about his finished work. And it's, oh, it's not about what I do for God, it's what he's doing to me and in me. And we get to rest in his goodness and grace. And that's awesome. I love it. A lot of found have gotten free in the last four years, for sure. But I feel like the Lord is shifting us and our focus where we're going to see a lot of lost come to the Lord. Like I'm talking worldly as they come. Like as lost as lost can be, like witches and warlocks, prostitutes, pimps coming in, encountering the love of God through you and your life. And they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? That's what they're going to say. I, I felt as I released this the first time at the Brian Simmons event a few weeks ago that we're going to see five times the amount of salvation we've seen in the last five years. So 5X, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a flood. So y'all just want to get ready for that, all right? And I, I sense in my spirit that everyone actually here, everyone in this room knows the Lord Jesus. I feel like you all do. And, like, I, I have this, like, this tension in me because I just want to, pr- I hear something like that from the Lord, and all I want to do is preach a salvation message. All I want to do is give the gospel, like, and I kind of still am going to because I think one of the keys for us is gratitude for our own salvation. You know, it says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, right? I believe if the joy of our salvation is restored to the church, they're going to want to be saved. Come on. She's like, duh, exactly. Finally, someone said it out loud. That's what that face said to me anyway. It's like, huh, yeah, right? I had an experience where I talked about a little, this same thing a little bit earlier, but the Lord on it. It's okay. I had an experience where I was in L.A. and I went to a really popular church. Uh, you might know the name of it. It doesn't matter. But we walk in. It was great. It was glorious. I'm crying because I cry in worship. That's what I do. I'm either laughing or crying or both. It's just whatever. If I'm worshiping, I'm laughing or crying or both. It's just the deal, you know. So uh, we go in. It's great. It's awesome. I gave a word of knowledge to a guy. He was really freaked out, um, you know, and they just weren't used to that at all, whatever. I gave him a prophetic word about his destiny in God, and he was like, you're crazy. You're a crazy man. I'm like, amen. Amen. If we're out of our minds, it's for God. But if in our right minds, it's for you. That's scriptural. That's right. Paul said that. I'm out of my mind for God. That's right. You need to get out of your mind, bro, because you're way too far up in there. <laughs> anyway, he didn't really understand the words coming out of my mouth, but it was okay and whatever. We're leaving. And I kid you not, because it was a night, it was a Sunday night or a sun, I don't remember. It was a night service. And we come out, and across the street is a club, and people are stumbling out of the club drunk, like just sloppy drunk. And I just had this moment where I was standing on the church side of the street, which was an old theater, and I look over, I'm like stumbling out. I look over, and they're just kind of like filing out, fun, bored. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> I was like, why does alcohol have more to offer than the Almighty. 
wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I bet if we came stumbling out of here in stupor, like in awe of God, like, whoa, you see that tree? Jesus planted that thing. <laughs> Like, if we came out and had to explain, what have you been smoking? And we had to say, there ain't no high like the most high, brother. <laughs> like, they would file in, in mass. They would want to know. Especially because the hangover's better. Right? Come on now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, the Lord is the happiest person ever. He is full of joy, unspeakable joy. Come on. And are we enjoying him? <laughs> the church has forgotten the art of enjoyment. We should enjoy the Lord. You know, you should enjoy one another. And part of the problem is you're not healing from your trauma, so you're not fun to be around. That's the bound found. But if you just would, <laughs> we'd like you more and you'd like you more. You know, Jesus didn't come to just set you free from sin. He came to set you free from me and me free from you. <laughs> come on. He set us free from you. Jesus set us free from Tracy without Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you, nobody would like her without Jesus. And it's her true self coming out. Yeah. You plus Jesus equals the real you. Right? Come on. You just need to get you here in Christ. Right? You here. You need to get you here in Christ. Not just you here, but you here in Christ. I need to get to my notes. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like, what if we enjoyed God? I think the Godless would want it. Amen. And my message today is titled, God for the Godless. God for the Godless. Because that's the story. That's the divine narrative of Jesus. I'm going to read to you Romans 5, verse 1 through 11. So it's going to be on the screens. And I'm going to read, uh, I know, you freak out. 11 verses in a row. <laughs> oh, no. Man, we need to get back to the public reading of scriptures, not just... One scripture and then three philosophical points that have nothing to do with that scripture. Lord, have mercy. You don't need self-help. You don't need self-help. You need to be told that yourself died and your help has come. <laughs> You're trying to help yourself. That's the problem. You need to surrender yourself. You know, the gospel is come to him and die. So that you might have his life. It's the exchanged life more than the changed life. We've had Jesus incorporated. It's not Jesus incorporated. It's Jesus instead of me. I lay down my life. I pick up his. Come on. That's the real gospel. And it says right here. Gosh, the word is going to preach for us this morning. This is out of the Passion Translation. So you can read any one you want. But I have it on the screens for you. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. 
If that doesn't make you happy, your happy ain't working. Okay, something's wrong with your happy machine. I'm going to read it again. Does anyone here believe in Jesus? Anyone? Okay, this is about you then. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now, not then, now, now, right now, you need to declare what God is declaring. Now declares us flawless in his eyes. <laughs> what? I've heard preachers say, that's positional. It's just positional. Anyone heard that? It's positional. I'm just speaking about the positional relationship with God. Positional. Okay, then assume the position, please. <laughs> that was brand new, Heather. That was straight out of the J cloud. I have never said that in my life. That was, I heard it when you heard it. <laughs> oh, man. Assume the position. Assume it's true. Come on. And it says in his eyes, let me help you. Does God need corrective lenses? Like he can't see so good. He's been around a long time. His eyes are fading. He's not so sure. He needs like bifocals. No. He sees with perfect understanding, the psalmist said. <laughs> Does he see you with perfect understanding? He calls you flawless. So who's misunderstood here? You need to assume the position. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I need to sit with that later. This is being recorded, right? This, this is one of those messages I have to go back and take notes on. It's great. I love those. He declares us flawless in his eyes. Say it with me. He declares me flawless in his eyes. And he's right. Oh, see, it got quiet. You heard that? You heard that? That's called unbelief. Let's try it again. <laughs> he declares me flawless in his eyes. And he's right about that. There it is. <laughs> you know, you're called a believer, not an understander. You don't have to get it. Just believe it. It'll get you. <laughs> He makes it so easy. Gosh. This means, I'm going to read all of it, I promise. This means we can now, listen to this, we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Did you know you have a perfect relationship with God? Did you know that? I'm here to declare to you, you have a perfect relationship with God. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Let me help you. You're, you're cool. You're awesome. But you can't undo the finished works of Jesus. You can't undo what he has done to you. It's undoable. Come on. If you just took that and said, I have a perfect relationship with God. Like, but I, no, I have a per perfect relationship with God. You know what will happen? You'll start assuming the position. <laughs> Faith comes first and fruit happens. He doesn't say because of your works, because of your Bible study, because of your church attendance, because of your fasting schedule. Oh, God. 
Because that's a big old boogeyman. I need to fast and pray so that I, I know the will of the Lord. Oh, my Lord. The will of the Lord is for you to give thanks always. This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks always. Guess what will happen if you're thankful? All of the will of God. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Pastor Heather said it earlier. You start thankful, you get into the courts and then into the holy of holies. It's the divine protocol of heaven. Just give thanks. Wake up and go, thank you, Jesus. Watch how your day changes. Before you make that groan turning out of bed, like don't even get out of bed yet. Your eyes pop up and you go, okay, don't roll over. Thank you, Jesus. And then as many times as you need to do it, assume the position. Go, flawless. Perfect relationship with God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, look what it says next. Look, go to the next slide. What incredible joy bursts forth within us. I think we're reading the scriptures properly now. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory, but he's too glorious for you to understand. So you'll always be experiencing more of his glory. There's always more. Like, oh, yeah, I've experienced the glory of God. Check. No, I would argue you've never experienced it. If you're like, oh, yeah, been there, done that, you've never been there, you've never done that. I've experienced the glory of God. You know what it did? It says, I don't know anything. I need more of that. I don't even know what that was. I got so schnockered, someone had to carry me out. I was pinned to the, I've been pinned to the floor. And two grown men, like grown men, I'm, I'm like half grown, all right? Like I'm a, I'm a, a buck 30, you know, 5'11", a buck 30. So I never really grew this way. I'm just growing this way. It's just up, not out, you know? So grown men could not pull me off the floor because I experienced the glory of God. I got pinned to the floor. No one prayed for me. I just got hit in the middle of worship. Bang! I just slammed me down. The weight of God, the kabod of God, the weighty glory of God just went boom, crashed on me. And they tried. They were hurting my arms. They couldn't get me up. It was like a metal band was on my waist. And I was pinned to the carpet. It was that voice of the apostles, 2014. And Rodney Howard Brown was preaching, whom I was offended with at the time. And I was pinned to the floor right next to the stage. He's preaching right over top of me. I'm like the most disruptive guy in the room. They, the ushers could not get, they're like, we got to keep them right there. Like, my feet were he towards the crowd. Like, you know, stage, it was the most undignified thing. I was embarrassed the whole time. And God's like, you going to listen. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that was experience the glory of God. And you know what? I didn't go out of that. I was like, wow, glad I got that off my list. I can confidently say I have experienced the glory of God. I now have a testimony. I'm going to do a speaking tour and pin people to the floor ministry is my new <laughs> mode of operation. Oh, you're not pinned to the floor yet? You ain't got enough faith. Sorry, that was a little cruel. But honest, that's what people do. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Say there's more. Come on. But that's not all. Oh, the scriptures. There are not, you don't even have to say there's more. That's not all. But wait, there's more. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Even in times of torn MCLs. Come on. We have a joyful confidence knowing our pressures will, will develop in us patient endurance. 
And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. Come on now. There's a, a proverb, I'm forgetting the address, but it says, all of the weights are in the Lord's bags. All of the weights are in his bag. Any pressure you're feeling, it's because it's in his bag. Our pressures are actually allowed to, in, to develop endurance in us. I'm going through a hard season. It's an ordained one. Because <laughs> all the weights are in the Lord's bag. Even the enemy even the enemy is allowed by God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I'm talking about the sovereign will of the Lord. You're like, wait a minute. I thought this was just all happy days. No, it's you have a joy that doesn't make sense for all your days. Your good ones, your bad ones, your in-between, forgot God even exists ones. Hello? Anybody like 6 o'clock comes around, you're like, oh, I forgot the God's in me. Anyone done that? I get that twitch sometimes. I don't know why. It's like later in the day, I'm like dinner time. I'm like, oh, yeah. I haven't even, all day I forgot that I was carrying God everywhere. What? <laughs> it happens. Good. I'm not the only one. All right. It says proven character leads us back to hope. We need a character revival in the church, y'all. Like, we need an integrity revival. People who do what they say they'll do. Their yes is yes, their no is no. Anything less is from the evil one. Whoo! You say yes to that job and you're supposed to be there at 9 a.m., you best be there at 8.59 a.m. <laughs> Something, whatever works. I'm that guy. I'm like, I'm going to hit this perfectly. I'm going to. I'm going to have the exact amount of travel time. I'm going to walk in the door, boom, 9 o'clock, because that's what I said I'd be here. I, I just want to be a man of my word. I'll be there at 9. I'm like, I have literally waited in the parking lot. It's 8.57. I'm like, it's going to take me 30 seconds to walk to that door. I'm going to sit here. 9 o'clock, hey, how's it going? Seriously, no joke. Character leads us back to hope. The problem, problem with some Christians and their hopelessness is not that God isn't giving them hope, is that he's not, they're not letting their character catch up with their hope. Not letting the Lord form their character so you can carry true hope. You're much more hopeful when you're integrous, just so you know. When you're a man or a woman of your word, it's easier to have hope because you know God's got your back, even in times of trouble. Come on, somebody. Wow. <laughs> and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now, do you hear all the present tense language? You can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. That's what I've been talking about this whole time. You can now experience the endless. The I am is the Alpha and Omega. You can now experience the endless. What? Is this expanding anybody? I hope so. It's working for me, so I got wrecked writing it. I'm getting wrecked preaching it, so I haven't even gotten to my notes. I'm reading the scriptures to you, okay? <laughs> this is called read preaching. If you're not used to it, I'm sorry, but this is read preaching, all right? We can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. 
For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for all the really godly people, all the really good ones, the ones who were looking for him. Oh, sorry, that was the book of opinions. <laughs> Chapter 3. It says, he came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners. Sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Whoa. If this doesn't restore to you the joy of your salvation, I don't know. I don't know. He goes on. Paul is a genius. Under the unction of the Holy Ghost, obviously, the Holy Spirit wrote this book. No man could come up with this stuff. Nobody. I don't care. Aristotle, nobody. You know, Paul was a genius, but this is the Lord speaking, okay? Now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? Come on, think. We read this stuff, we blow right past it. Think about it. Would you find someone on death row who really did it, murdered like 100 people, like, you know what? I'm going to die for this guy. He can go. I'm going to do it. Would anyone dare? Really? Would anyone dare to die for a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. They didn't do it. I did something similar. I'll take, I'll take it. I'll take the punishment. I deserve that punishment, not them. They're noble. I'll take it. We can understand. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Come on, this is the gospel. <laughs> oh, man. And there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, listen to this, Church of Tampa Bay, you will never experience the wrath of God. Oh, man. People are like, you need to preach on the wrath of God. Okay, I'll preach on the wrath of God breaking out towards all sin. Absolutely. He hates sin. He loves you. Oh, man. You will never experience the wrath of God because of Jesus. <sighs> So does he, not, he doesn't just forgive us. He sets us free. Come on. So good. So he's bringing it in for a landing here. If while we were still enemies, come on, was anyone once an enemy? Anyone else not in the flow of goodness at all? Are you in the flow of badness? Yeah? Anybody? Okay. While we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us. Are you hearing this? Before you made any contribution, you were fully reconciled. <laughs> I know. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I need to pray a prayer, right? I need to do something, right? No, no, no. That's not the way it works. I'm going to explain it to you. While we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. Then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? When? Heaven? No, now. That's the context. Come on. 
And he keeps going up a notch. It's like going up. It's like, you know, when a, a gospel preacher changes the key? And like Benny Hinn, he's like, change the key, up the key, up the key. Paul keeps up in the key. He's like, up the key, holy, up the key, holy. He keeps going. Even more than that. How many times does he have to say? And that's not all. Even more, even more. Even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God. All because of Jesus Christ. Where is that church? Where is she? She's in the room. That's for sure. But man, oh man, like as a region, you know, <laughs> I think we've lost the joy of our salvation. I think we've forgotten that he's a God for the godless. <laughs> now we're going to start in my notes here. <laughs> that was the scripture, copy and paste. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to read a few more scriptures. I lied to you. But back on the fully reconciled before we contributed things, I felt something in the spirit there. You were not contributing to your salvation when you said yes to Jesus. I'm going to say it again slower and at least two more times. You did not contribute to your salvation when you said yes to Jesus. You received your salvation when you said yes to Jesus. Salvation is completely the work of God. Your work is to believe it. That's the only work that's legal in the kingdom. John 6, 29, Jesus said, the work of God is to believe in the Son whom he has sent. You want to be assured of your salvation? Let me help you. I believe every single person's sins were paid for. I believe that Jesus died for the sins of the cosmos. You know, he died for the sins of the world. You know that word in the Greek? It's the cosmos. Like, if there's aliens, Jesus died for their sins. Like, like what? The, co the whole thing, bro. Okay? Like, I don't believe there's aliens. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not mad if you're that guy. I'm just not that guy. Not me. Okay? I'm just saying, trying to drive the point home here. The cosmos. He died for the sins of the cosmos. So every single person out there who's lost, they're only lost because they don't know he found them. Because they don't know that he paid precious blood for their sins. Ours is not the work of salvation. Ours is the work of proclamation. Listen to me. I'm not getting anyone saved whenever I do an altar call. I'm proclaiming the saving grace of Jesus, which is available to all and you can receive it. There's a heavenly bank account with your name on it, whoever you are. Which warlord, pimp, prostitute, doesn't matter. There is a heavenly bank account with the fullness of salvation, and your name is on it. And you get to write the check by faith whenever you hear the good news and believe it. We've got it so twisted. We think that when we say a prayer, that's not in the Bible, by the way. We say a non-biblical prayer. We we. Believe on Jesus, then we're saved. No, he saved you, and some will never believe it. And they are not going to show up for roll call time. The Lamb's Book of Life, it never actually says, I'm going to get some really weird eschatology on you right here. Are you ready? Someone find me a scripture where it says, I blotted out their name. There's one. And find me one that says, I will not write your name in it. Whose book is it? 
It's the Lamb's book of life. Who did the Lamb pay for? Everybody. But it says he will. He says it, you could be blotted out. Meaning, I believe, this is Caleb's opinion, right? And this is how I get, get uh, out of the heresy hunter's crosshairs right here, all right? Don't even call it doctrine. I don't care what you call it. Say, this is Caleb's opinion. Everyone's name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And when they are called by God at roll call time, they don't show up, it gets blotted out. That's the only way the whole book works for me. Jesus paid for the sins of the whole world. I'm not talking about universalism. I'm talking about unlimited atonement. Not universal atonement. That's different. It says everybody's already received Christ. No. Receiving is believing. Are you with me? But you believing doesn't fund the bank account. Are you with me? It's already funded. You just were deceived into thinking God hated you and didn't have anything for you. But when you believed on him, he gave the rights to be called sons of daughters. What are the rights? Access to the bank account. A card with your name on it, identity, a new identity to say, you can access everything I gave you with this new identity. The rights, you're a son, you're a daughter. How many people has the father or the devil created? Zero. He's the father of all. So there are lost sons and daughters, amen, but they've been fully reconciled by the blood of Jesus. They just don't know it. And if nobody tells them, they could very well head straight into hell. That's the, that's the position. You want a theological line in the sand? There it is. How can they hear if no one preaches? How can they believe if, no one, if, if, if they do not hear? And how can they hear if no one preaches? And how can there be preaching if no one is sent? Are you with me? You okay? Come on. Fully reconciled. Say fully reconciled. So here's why I'm saying that. If the whole world is fully reconciled and only some know it and believe it, why do those who know it and believe it not act like they're fully reconciled? Did you catch that? If even the most lost person in the world has the opportunity to receive salvation that's already been poured out on their behalf, which is what I just said, okay, I'm not saying they're saved. I'm saying that it has been paid for, bought and paid for, and they can access it if someone tells them about it. Come on, somebody. Come on, church. I hate knowing Christians who've never led anyone to the Lord. I don't like that. That hurts my heart. I'm not mad at anybody, but it, it grieves me. Like, at the very least, invite them to church. <laughs> Bring them. You know what I mean? Get them in the presence. Like, let the Lord do the work, but do something. I'm calling you out. I'm not... I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Go. <laughs> you can't spell the gospel without G-O. G-O. Go spell it out for them. Jesus paid it all. All to him you owe. Your sins are like crimson. He washed them white as snow. You can be free today. Just believe on the one whom God has sent. His name is Jesus. Honor him. He'll change your life. Give him your heart. He'll give you his. That's an altar call. That's salvation. Oh, man. I just want to get saved all over again. <laughs> oh, man. Romans 5, 6. We're going to focus on that verse right here. And then we're not going to keep you all day. Just some of the day. But, again, some of y'all were in the club for like eight hours and you worried about getting out for lunch. So whatever. Just take another drink. You'll be fine. You'll lose that hunger pain. You're just like, ah, just take another, just take a bigger drink. Open up your cup.
Beer, drink, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you need to be drunk to hear this kind of preaching. So that's it's just <laughs> Romans 5, 6 ESV says, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's God for the godless. Amen. Good news translation. While we when we were still helpless, Christ died for the wicked at the time that God chose. Amplified classic, same verse. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for in behalf of the ungodly. Listen to the message paraphrase. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. Come on. I love it. Let's walk through some of these Greek words. The Greek word weak, while we were still weak, that word means in helps word studies. It's a Bible dictionary. In the Greek, it means without vigor, living in a state of depletion. It refers to a lack of necessary resources, being insufficient. Literally, it means without adequate strength and therefore frail, feeble, and sickly. You think the world doesn't need Jesus? That's the world. Without sufficient strength, feeble, sick. Don't get mad at the world for blowing up on you in traffic, for getting, you know, crazy at work, for flying off the handle and stuff. I'll get mad at a Christian for that. You ain't got that excuse anymore. But that one over there, they're not connecting to the source by faith, and therefore they're weak just like we were. Get mad at the world for sinning is like the dumbest thing on the planet. All oh, them sinners. Mm. Don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with those who do. Those who go to the theater, those who go to see the movies, those who go out on the town, they're so debaucherous. But you're checking your watch when the preacher's like 30 minutes in. And your passion for God does not match their passion for the world. Something is wrong. We've lost the joy of our salvation. We've lost this moment of remembrance that God died for the godless who were living in a state of depletion. Anyone want to say, yeah, that was me. I was living in a state of depletion. Everything I tried, every drug, everything, every comfort fell flat, turned like ash in my mouth. It was gross to me at the end. It was maybe a moment of fleeting pleasure, but then just I hated myself, and I needed 10 times what I just took in, and it just got worse and worse and worse. Anybody? Frail, feeble, sickly, without strength. And then the Greek word right time is the word kairos. And this means opportune time. It, ref it comes from the word kara, which means the head. So it refers to things coming to a head. When things came to a head, to, in order to take full advantage of it, that's what this word time means, right time. It means the suitable time, the right moment, a favorable moment. Because some people say, well, why did Jesus wait so long? You know, all those other people, they had, things hadn't come to a head yet. God in his sovereignty knew exactly when it had to happen. I've heard it argued eloquently by my spiritual mama, uh, Winnie Coco Benoff, that God raised up all of Rome just to document the line of Christ. The purpose for Rome, the, the far-reaching effect of Rome was to document the history, to put on paper, there was a man. 
named Jesus. No, no historian will deny that there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth, none of them, who claimed he was God, who claimed he was a virgin birth, and that his disciples claimed rose from the dead. They will not deny the historical fact of Jesus. The historical Jesus is completely there. It's not made up. Nobody can, and I've heard Winnie argue beautifully, all of Rome was raised up for that alone, just to prove. So at the right time, the favorable moment, when everything came to a head, Christ died for the ungodly. That word ungodly in the Greek means a lack of reverence, meaning it's without respect. Without or, or uh, failing to honor what is sacred. So not only were we sick, feeble, without strength, we were unable to honor what was sacred. Come on. It's the word for impious. You know, a pious person is godly. Impious is non-godliness. It's the word for wicked. Come on. First Peter 4.18 uses this word as the godless. Those godless people, that was you and me. Come on. Come on. All of this says to me something I love repeating, and I don't care if you heard it. This is what this says to me. God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. That's my evangelism message. I find somebody obviously in the world, and I'm, God's not mad at you. They're like, what? Gee, that guy hates me. My, my grandma told me. My mama told me. That preacher told me. No. He's a God for the godless. <laughs> He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Listen to Romans 5, 8. Same passage. I love this. Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. Come on. If that doesn't underline this, I don't know it will. And then not only have we been saved from ourselves, we're living in this opportunity called fully reconciled. The godless get fully reconciled without lifting a finger. Come on. If that's not amazing, I don't know, Romans 5, 10 through 11, and then I'll leave you alone. Same passage, just those last couple of verses. It says, if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Say, it's mine. It's mine. Come on. Now that we are at peace with God, say, it. I'm at peace with God. And he's at peace with me. Come on. I'm at peace with God. Now that we're at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, hello, 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 you already share. Did you hear him say, and when we do share with his resurrection life and glory one day? No, he didn't say that. He said, and because we share. First Peter says we're partakers of the divine nature right now. Hello. I think some of you forgot over the last 20 minutes that God's in your chair. He's in there. You share in his resurrection life right now. You're not God, thank God. Amen? I'm not God, thank God. Your spouse isn't God, thank God. Come on, somebody. Your boss isn't God. We're not God. We're not. But we share in the life of God, the resurrection life. Come on. Because of that, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? I long for the day when the church rises up and says, sin has no dominion over me, and it's not a lie. Oh, because there's lots of people that, I'm a new creation. I haven't sinned in 10 years. And ha, 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 ha. And it's just pride and arrogance and falsehood. Sin has no dominion over me. And it's true. Why? Because he says so. I've been rescued from sin's dominion. 
That's the truth. How do I know? Because he said so. Come on. Are you believers? <laughs> or are you need to understanders? <laughs> Man, the need to understand thing is just too much for me. I'm just going to believe it, understand it later. Amen? Man. And my mind works. I, I grapple with these things. I'm, I don't know if you noticed, but I've packed a lot of theology into today's sermon. All right? I'm not just like whimsically, oh, yeah, it's true. No, I have a reason to defend it. How much more will be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, if that wasn't good enough, even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living reconciled to God, all because of Jesus Christ. Man. So if you're here and you have lost, you've recognized that there's been a measure of losing the joy of your salvation, I want to pray that we just get the whole thing back and then some. Here's what we're going to do. No music. I don't want to, I was just, I'm like, I want to go no hype at all, but I do want you to stand up. I just want you to stand up. <laughs> no music yet, I should say. We might. Well, I'm not going to put God in a box or whatever. But I want you to just ruminate for a moment. Like, what if Romans 5, 1 through 11 is true? What we just read. What if that's true? If that's true, are you overflowing with triumphant joy because of it? <laughs> I mean, really, not just in this moment. I'm not trying to make you all laugh. But is your life overflowing with not just joy, triumphant joy, victorious joy? Hello? Are you walking in triumph because of what Jesus has done? Or are you going through trial after trial because you're focused on what you can do for Jesus? Because that will kill the joy of your salvation so fast. So just close your eyes and examine your own heart. Examine your Man, is this heart wrecked by the fact that Jesus did it all without me lifting a finger and I get to celebrate it? Or am I trying to attain it? These are great questions. So if you believed in Jesus who died and rose again and is living forevermore, let this be a moment of restoration to the joy of your salvation. Right now, I pray for a full restoration of the joy of your salvation. That you would do more than laugh, you would walk in victory. You'd have a triumphant joy, even a quiet joy sometimes. There are environments where you got to be quiet. I get it. But let the joy increase in quietness, not decrease. Come on, let your heart connect to heaven, which is the happiest place ever, <laughs> where there are no tears, where you are already seated with him in heavenly places. And just say it, Lord, restore to me. Come on. Restore to me the joy of my salvation right now. Do it, Lord, so that I may proclaim your salvation in all the earth. Come on, pray. I want to proclaim your salvation in all the earth. Restore to me the joy of my salvation so I may proclaim your salvation in all the earth. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org